0: Let's begin by noting those passages we'll look at today. Matthew seven fifteen Deuteronomy five twenty. It's Acts chapter one verse eight, Acts chapter two, verse seventeen, Matthew six, one, Acts four thirty-two to chapter five, verse eleven. And Colossians 3, 9. Repeating, it's Matthew 7, 15, Deuteronomy 5, 20, Acts 1, 8, Acts 2, 17, Matthew 6, 1, Acts 4, 32 to chapter 5, verse 11. Colossians three nine. Let's begin by looking at Matthew seven fifteen. Be on your guard against false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but underneath are wolves on the prowl. Jesus is saying, Look out, be on your guard against false prophets. A prophet is one who speaks God's message and a false one will be somehow not true will somehow be counterfeit and these individuals will come and he uses a figure of a sheep the clothing of a sheep over the body of a wolf the idea being if the wolf wants to Eat the sheep or attack the sheep or intermingle with the sheep then the wolf would get wool and put it all over himself and dress himself up like a sheep and then he could uh, go in among the sheep even though he's a wolf because he looks like a sheep in other words hypocrisy or falsity or wearing masks If the wolf looked like a wolf, then the sheep would run away. But if the wolf looks like a sheep, then the sheep are supposedly deceived. There's a story about Little Red Riding Hood. I didn't read it in preparation for this, but as I remember the story, the wolf dressed up in grandmother's clothes and lay in bed like grandmother did. And so Little Red Riding Hood comes in and there's the wolf and the wolf is lying in grandma's bed and has on grandma's bonnet and all to deceive little red riding hood little red riding hood is partially deceived but partially suspicious because grandmother's dental work is not quite what she remembered and her ears are not quite what granny's ears were and so forth okay now in reflecting on this jesus says be on your guard against false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing but underneath are wolves on the prowl i always thought of this as referring to other people who are false prophets it came as quite a shock when i realized that i i I am the wolf and i'm dressed up in sheep's clothing and it'd be much worse for me to be a wolf in sheep's clothing. That would be more terrible than for somebody else to be a wolf in sheep's clothing. And, and I always thought this applied to other people. But this week I came to realize it applied to me. And it came as quite a painful shock. Now, we're going to use the word... Uh, prophet and false prophet and witness as uh, somewhat interchangeable and if we go back to Deuteronomy 5.20 Moses giving God's law to God's people at Mount Sinai you shall not bear dishonest witness against your neighbor this had one meaning for the people who heard it but in the course of salvation history it came to have quite a different meaning when jesus came on the scene and began his family the sons and daughters of the father that they were not to bear dishonest witness or in other words be false prophets against their neighbors Because as they bore dishonest witness, or they were false prophets, then the work of the church to evangelize would become weakened and ineffective because it would be uh, counterfeited. You shall not bear dishonest witness against your neighbor because it harms your neighbor, and you should love your neighbor as yourself. Let's look at Acts 1, 8. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes down on you. Then you are to be my witnesses in Jerusalem throughout Judea and Samaria. Yes, even to the ends of the earth. So those that Jesus addressed these words to who were visible at that time are now passed on they're not visible we're the only visible ones around today since the original ones have passed to their reward and the witnesses have not yet reached the ends of the earth the ends of the earth have not been reached yet with the gospel because there are many nations that have never heard the gospel hopefully they will hear it soon You are to be my witnesses or my prophets. Hopefully not false prophets. And hopefully not prophets in sheep's clothing who are wolves, in fact. In chapter 2, verse 17, Peter is giving his speech on Pentecost Day and he quotes the prophet, the prophet Joel, It shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out a portion of my spirit on all mankind. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. In other words, the spirit of prophecy or the spirit of witnessing From the time of Pentecost on is poured out on anyone who would receive it hopefully all Christians would receive that gift of prophecy or the gift of being witnesses and then hopefully again they would be true witnesses true prophets and not counterfeit and not be wolves in sheep's clothing. How is one a wolf in sheep's clothing? Well, there's many ways that can be done, but one is in Matthew 6, 1. Be on guard against performing religious acts for people to see be on guard against performing religious acts for people to see. What is wrong with doing religious acts for people to see? Well, they are counterfeit and they're false. The religious acts should be directed entirely to God and his service. But when I do them in order for people to see me, then they become false they're no more religious acts they look like religious acts but they're counterfeit they're false because i have made them false because i have done it or said it for people to see so that i look good and they think highly of me and they applaud me and so forth and in so doing they become false, they appear to be religious acts, they appear holy, they appear worthy, but they are counterfeit. They are done with an eye on what people will think of me. And so it is falsity, it is false witness and it is false prophecy acted out. And what should be for the honor of God is in fact for the honor of me because I am doing it so that people will see how good I am and so it becomes false witness it may look good but in fact it's false like a counterfeit dollar bill may look good but in fact it's false now in Acts 1 8, Jesus said, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and then you will be my witnesses. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes down on you. Then you're to be my witnesses in Jerusalem throughout Judea and Samaria. Yes, even to the ends of the earth. When what we do and say is empowered by the Holy Spirit, then we're Jesus' witnesses. When we do or say things empowered by the human spirit or my flesh or worse, some other spirit, but particularly my spirit, then it is false. And I'm no longer a witness to Jesus. I'm a counterfeit witness. And... People looking to hear the voice of Jesus simply do not hear it in that. They do not see it, they do not detect it, they do not hear it, because it is false witness. And Jesus said, my sheep will hear my voice. And God is not honored, nor is the gospel spread by false witness. It is spread by true witness, or true Prophecy, which is empowered by the Holy Spirit from Acts 1.8. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes down on you. Then you are to be my witnesses in Jerusalem throughout Judea and Samaria. Yes, even to the ends of the earth. And so going back to Matthew 6.1, be on guard against performing religious acts for people to see When we do that, they cease to be Holy Spirit-inspired, and they automatically become false or counterfeit. And it looks good. It's a wolf in sheep's clothing. It's a good-looking sheep, but in fact it's a wolf. If you can see beneath the sheepskin, you find a wolf. Now, to look at an example of how this works out in church life, look at Acts 4, 32, and read on chapter 5 through verse 11. The community of believers were of one heart and one mind. None of them ever claimed anything as his own. Rather, everything was held in common. With power, the apostles bore witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great respect was paid to them all. Nor was there anyone needy among them, for all who owned property or houses sold them and donated the proceeds. They used to lay them at the feet of the apostles to be distributed to everyone according to his need. There was a certain Levite from Cyprus named Joseph to whom the apostles gave the name Barnabas, meaning son of encouragement, He sold a farm that he owned and made a donation of the money, laying it at the apostles' feet. Another man, (coughs) named Ananias and his wife Sapphira, likewise sold a piece of property. With the connivance of his wife, he put aside a part of the proceeds for himself. The rest he took and laid at the feet of the apostles. Peter exclaimed, Ananias, why have you let Satan fill your heart so as to make you lie to the Holy Spirit and keep for yourself some of the proceeds from that field. Was it not yours, so long as it remained unsold? Even when you sold it, was not the money still yours? How could you ever concoct such a scheme? You have lied not to men, but to God. At the sound of these words, Ananias fell dead. Great fear came upon all who heard of it. Some of the young men came forward, wrapped up the body, and carried it out for burial. Three hours later, Ananias' wife came in, unaware of what had happened. Peter said to her, Tell me, did you sell that piece of property for such and such an amount? She answered, Yes, that was the sum. Peter replied, How could you two scheme to put the Spirit of the Lord to the test? The footsteps of the men who have just buried your husband can be heard at the at the door. They stand ready to carry you out too. At that, she fell dead at his feet. The young men came in, found her dead, and carried her out for burial beside her husband. Great fear came on the whole church and on all who heard of it. Now what's going on here? Verse 32. The community of believers were of one heart and one mind. None of them ever claimed anything as his own. Rather, everything was held in common. With power, the apostles bore witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great respect was paid to them all. It was a sign of honor to belong to the Christian community. There was no one in need because they shared their goods. That's verse thirty four. Nor was there any one needy among them, for all who owned property or houses sold them and donated the proceeds. This is really a wonderful community and situation. They used to lay them at the feet of the apostles to be distributed to everyone according to his need. And now they give an example of a Levite from Cyprus named Barnabas nicknamed Barnabas he sold the farm that he owned and made a donation of the money laying it at the apostles feet this is a practical example of what has been talked about in verse 32 through 35 Ananias and Sapphira were also members of the community and so great respect was paid to them also and what Barnabas did, they're going to do. And so they get a piece of property and they sell it. And Ananias and Sapphira together say, we're going to sell our property and give the proceeds to help our needy brothers and sisters. But they're holding part of it back. And this come, in, in this comes the lie And this comes the falsity. And this comes the the, uh, false prophecy. They are pretending to do a religious act of a certain kind when, in fact, it has been weakened and falsified. In verse 1, they sell a piece of property, just like Barnabas. In verse 2 they have agreed together connived that they would keep part of the money for themselves and the rest they're going to give for the use of the community the needs of the poor and Peter challenges Ananias in verse 3 Ananias why have you let Satan fill your heart so as to make you lie To the Holy Spirit and keep for yourself some of the proceeds from that field. Now, their problem is not keeping the proceeds. They could keep all the proceeds, or none of the proceeds, or half the proceeds. Their problem is they're lying. They're false prophets. They're wolves in sheep's clothing. They're pretending. They're play acting. They're looking at the applause and the praise they're going to get from the community and from everybody else because they are so good and their weakness is their lying their falsity peter says why did you let satan fill your heart so as to make you lie jesus said the devil is the father of lies He is a liar from the beginning. And so, if he can get the church members to lie, he has weakened the church. He's weakened the witness. And he likes that because he is the father of lies. Satan has filled your heart so as to make you lie to the Holy Spirit. Why to the Holy Spirit? Because the Holy Spirit enlivens the church. The church, as it were, is the body of the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that enlivens the church. And if the father of lies gets in there and starts enlivening the body of Christ, then you've got it all false. You've got false witness, false prophecy, false everything, because the father of lies has gotten in there, and it's counterfeit now. And God's sheep are not going to hear the voice of Jesus in the church if the, if the church is full of liars and full of lies. Why have you let Satan fill your heart so as to make you lie to the Holy Spirit and keep for yourself some of the proceeds from that field? Was it not yours so long as it remained unsold? It was your field. You didn't have to sell it. There was no reason for you to sell it. But you had to sell it. Even when you sold it, was not the money still yours? You could have kept all the money, you could have kept the field, you could have kept all the money, that's fine. How could you ever concoct such a scheme? Your scheme is to lie. Pretend that you're giving all the money when in fact you're not giving the money. You had no obligation to give the money, but you shouldn't have lied about it. It shouldn't have been false. You have lied not to men but to God, because you have lied to the body which is activated by the Holy Spirit. Verse five, at the sound of these words, Ananias fell dead. Great fear came upon all who later heard of it. Now you can imagine what would happen if everybody fell dead who'd been false. There wouldn't be any of us left. But this exemplifies what God thinks of false witness. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor particularly when you're a member of the body of Christ, you're not to bear false witness. Some of the young men came forward, wrapped up the body, and carried it out for burial. Three hours later, Ananias' wife came in, unaware of what had happened. Peter said to her, Tell me, did you sell that piece of property for such and such an amount? Yes, that was the sum. That was the lie. That was the false prophecy." That was the false witness, Peter's answer in verse 9. How could you too scheme to put the spirit of the Lord to the test? The footsteps of the men who have just buried your husband can be heard at the door. They stand ready to carry you out too. God does not like falsity or lying or wolves in sheep's clothing. And if we're the wolf in sheep's clothing, it's much worse than if somebody else is the wolf in sheep's clothing. And the wolf in sheep's clothing, of course, is an acted out lie, a lie through actions. Sapphira uh, lied not only in action, but in words, when, in verse eight, she answered Peter, yes, that was the sum of money. Now she's put her acted out lie into a verbal or a word lie. Well, she fell down, and the young men came in, found her dead, and carried her out for burial. Verse 11, Great fear came on the whole church and on all who heard of it. Well, I suppose so. If it happened to them, what's going to happen to me for my uh, lying and my hypocrisy and my faking it, and particularly when I fake a religious act it looks real good but I'm doing it for human praise as Matthew says in uh, Jesus says in Matthew 6 1 beware against performing religious acts for people to see and this is what Ananias and Sapphira did they performed a religious act for people to see when there are liars and lies in the body of Christ, in the church, in the community. The whole thing is terribly weakened. The witness is weakened. The prophecy is weakened. The speaking God's word is weakened. It's just like building a house with false bricks. If you build a house and you insert paper bricks, in with the other bricks, the house gets weaker and weaker, and it may collapse or become totally without use because there have been a tissue of lies in the construction of it. And uh, God wanted to keep the uh, church pure here in Acts, so he decided we're going to end this line right now, and he ended it with. Ananias and Sapphira, and everybody that heard about it, they got scared. And they were, after that, fearful to join the community. If you join the community of believers, you better quit lying. And don't be faking any religious activity. I'll tell you, it had a purifying effect on the church. And that's what is in Acts 5.11. Great fear came on the whole church, and all who heard of it. Everybody in the church was scared, and everybody outside was scared to join the church unless they were ready to quit lying. Same thing is in verse 5. Ananias fell dead. Great fear came upon all who later heard of it. In Colossians 3, 9, it's put rather bluntly, stop lying to one another. In an article that I was reading... The author talks
1: about what he calls Christian-speak. That is, when people say, the Lord told me this or that, that it's so abused that people either begin to feel self-conscious that the Lord's not talking to them all the time, or that if they're not feeling self-conscious, they, they join the, the charades that they don't feel conscious. And this is an example of how the wolf is setting out to devour the sheep and it's hurting the church because people are being devoured by the hypocrisy. The author also talks about how it's a stumbling block to people outside the church because they can see right through the hypocrisy and in the church, in the community, in the circle of the community, we're so blinded by the hypocrisy that we can't see through it but people outside can And it's a stumbling block to them.
2: Father said that God doesn't like wolves in sheep's clothing. And I was thinking, but God likes wolves. God made wolves. And the thing that he doesn't like is the wolves pretending to be something they're not. And God doesn't like it when we pretend that we're somebody else or that we're something that we're not. We need to be real, and that's what he wants. He likes variety. He's not threatened by variety. We are and if we're after conformity if we want everybody to fit into a nice neat mold then perhaps we create an environment where people can't be honest and they can't be themselves wolves are scary and they're loud and they're obnoxious but god throws some into every group and (laughs) we we gotta let if somebody's a wolf we gotta let them be a wolf and if somebody's an elephant you gotta let them be an elephant somebody's a an ostrich, you got to let them be an ostrich and not make them into something that they're not. I think it's important that we let people be who they are and sometimes that's messy and it's easier to just conform or to to encourage people to conform and not rock the boat. But we need to, uh, if we want to really be honest and be real, it's not gonna be quite as neat as the other.
0: A word about sheep, when you see uh, sheep in drawings or in uh, birthday cards or Christmas cards, they're always uh, cute, cuddly, clean and white. But the, the sheep I've seen are just dreadfully, they're ragged, dirty, there's all kind of dung and sticks entangled in their fur, and uh, except for the tiny ones that have just been born, the the old ones are really not neat, cuddly, sweet, or huggable. And so the drawings we've seen of these sweet, clean, white, huggable sheep, that's uh, false art.
2: Why isn't God purifying? his present day church, like he purified the early church by what he did.
0: A few years ago there was a prophecy by a YWAM prophet by the name of Minor, and the prophecy was about the two winds, and the burden of the prophecy was that this wind of purification is going to blow on the church and blow away the sin, and the falsity. And that has been going on, and it's still going on. So God is doing it. He's not striking them dead, but he is certainly striking them. Part of the 2 wind prophecy was, my church cannot contain the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, as I want to pour it out. In its present condition, it cannot contain it. So it has to be purified. And the purification, of course, is underway, but not finished by a long way. One of the problems that's come in, uh, deception has come in, that public relations are very important. And so is public relations means that it looks good. It has a good appearance and people think well of it. And uh, that has taken, priority over being good and so there's many people make a business of public relations firms so they can say things that look good or how can we look good you're looking good that's a priority rather than being good and looking good was never a priority with jesus and so it's much more important to say the truth than to say what's pretty, this is pretty, it sounds good. That was never a priority with Jesus, and it's not a priority with his followers.
2: Last night, Father talked about people being on their own. In the early days, they'd go off to the mountains in the caves and just try to be a Christian on their own. And the church began to pull people back into community to relate to one another and learn how to love one another. And I was thinking how that applies to this because father said he's a wolf in sheep's clothing. Well, the only way we know that we're disguised is by being in relationship with others because the real us comes out and it's not real pretty. But we need to be interacting with people to see the truth
0: and of this